All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The first selection of the National Hockey League draft belongs to... The Daily Faceoff podcast comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL draft. Daily Face-Off. The Daily Face-Off. The Daily Face-Off podcast with your host, Brock Sagan. The Daily Face-Off podcast is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie makes it super easy to bet on sports. It is easy to deposit cash and even easier to take out your winnings. To make things even better, MyBookie will match your first deposit up to 50% just for being a DFO podcast listener. Once you have money in your account, you can bet from anywhere, your computer, your tablet, or on their world-class mobile site. So follow the link at the top of our Twitter page or follow the link on dailyfaceoff.com and win money on mybookie.ag today.
Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 3, Episode 21 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Segan. With me, as always, we've got Dylan D. Berthium. How's it going, D? Hanging in, Brock. Hanging in. And Michael Biebs Bondi. I'm super pumped. It's Olympic season, so uh, so it's a good time for television light- watchers like myself um, and people who just want to waste time all the time. Um, that's me. So uh, Olympic season. Super hyped for it. But yeah, it's good. kind of unfortunate that the uh, NHL players aren't there. It would have been nice to have a little bit of break right now. Couldn't agree more. Uh, it would have worked literally perfectly with uh, my vacation coming up. It would have been flawless. But the NHL decided that they're not going, and now here we are. But I love the Olympics, man. So much. Still going to be exciting the hockey, even though, like, I don't know, just oh, yeah. as a hockey fan, like, you can't say it's not. Like, they're still very. It might be people. sick. Like, it could just it could, be. Yeah. Like, it's not obviously going to be amazing. The hockey, heart's going to be like crazy. Like, the guys are. going to I don't be know. You guys, just, you guys yeah. ever get pumped to watch the Spangler Cup? Because that's basically what we're talking about right now. I don't mind. Yeah, the but it's a little Cup. bit different with like the everyone behind them. on the line. Just talk about yeah. the quality of play. I mean, Ilya Kovalchuk will be there. Sure. Is Datsuk going to play? Yeah, Datsuk's the captain of yeah. Russia. They're just going like, oh, to so. run train through the tourney. Yeah. I'm pumped. And then, Justin you know, Peter, could, pave, uh, Peters. <laughs> could pave the way for Kovalchuk to return the, to the show next year. I don't know how good he would be. His numbers haven't been that good, right, since he went over? Oh, no. Well, they've, they've been, been, like, really good. Really good for a little couple years. I don't like, know what disgusting. they're like this year. I think he fell off right now, this year. But... He also plays on the, well, a team, like, though, that scores, like, two. 200 more goals than the next team in the league or something by the end of the year like every year something silly like he's that. got 31 goals and 32 assists in 53 games <laughs> all right it's slowing down pretty good pretty good still but he is 34 years old rumored to go to yeah, new york yeah. that's well no obviously go, that's pretty good but he was a point of game guy in the show when he left like i don't think that's what he's coming back to by any means oh god no when you said when you said he's a point of game guy did you actually know what his numbers were no Literally 816 points in 816 games. Well, there we go. <laughs> Point of game Kids guy. In case you guys didn't on. think I could talk off the top of my head. <laughs> just, he, he gets it. This guy gets it. He wants um, to go to New York, it, though. That's the rumor. So that'd be exciting. Like the Rangers? Yeah. that's what but just said today. New York. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so, assuming the Rangers. We'll go Rangers. the Islanders. I don't think he's keeping in touch. Like I don't think he, he got Glenn Saylor's memo the other day. Yeah, no. Yeah, today. <laughs> yeah, this he's morning. Like, yeah, we're... We're basically selling the entire team, but we're bringing on Kovalchuk at 34. He's going to really turn this franchise around. It made this episode a lot easier because when we talk about trades, it's like, well, anyone on the Rangers is just gone. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, so the NHL trade deadline is 18 days away. (sighs) Can't Uh, wait. I'm going on vacation next Thursday and won't be back until the day before the deadline. So we're kind of moving our trade deadline talk up to today. Uh, instead of you know the week jumping the gun or whatever but this might be good because i think that there's going to be some action here in the next couple weeks because there's going to be so many buyers it's gonna it could be a bit of a frenzy but we kind of say this every year and it never materializes (laughs) quite like the nba trade deadline did today which was just absolutely insane uh but d hopefully for your sake uh there's not a massive amount of trades leading up to the deadline because you know, I'm leaving the reins of Daily Faceoff with you, so hopefully, you know, the GMs get the memo and they take it easy on you. I don't even know how to update trades, so. <laughs> We're going to have to go over that before I leave then. Just but, all uh, the trades is... happen a little bit early and just deezing yeah, with all of it. Brock planned all this. He has insider source, D. That's why he's leaving it this time. Yeah, you're, get, you're getting get absolutely played no right trades. now, dude. I'm just no breaking trades half on the trades. Day. Yeah, that'd be awesome. 
I'm just out, I'm just on my phone in the, in the middle of the ocean, just looking like, oh, that a boy D got yeah. it. Elliot Nailed DM'd it. me, so yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so basically today we're mostly just gonna run through um, the big trade bait board and talk about some of the big names that are gonna be we expect to at least be made available or that GMs will take some calls on uh, over the next couple weeks and talk about maybe the teams that might be vying uh, for their services and. It's going to be an interesting deadline, kind of like I alluded to there a minute ago. There's been a lot of surprise teams this year and a lot of tight races in the playoffs right now, which means the deadline could shape up to be a, a big-time seller's market with a lot of teams looking to add some pieces. Uh, like right now, if you look at the Western Conference, there's there seems to be this belief still in Edmonton that they're still on the hunt. Whether or not that is true or not uh, remains to be seen. But if that's the case, it's unlikely that they'll be uh, big-time sellers which basically only leaves the Vancouver Canucks and Arizona Coyotes as the sellers in the Western Conference. Uh, Biebs, I'm sure you're one of these people. Uh, I think a lot of people believe that the Avalanche would be in that same spot. Mm-hmm. But Not. here they are sitting one point out of the wild card. Right where we expected. Uh, so they, yeah, they could definitely end up being uh, buyers at the deadline as well. And then if you, you shift your focus to the East... Um, there's going to be more sellers than in the West, but still not many more. Uh, it's pretty obvious. I think the Sabres, the Senators, the Canadians, the Red Wings, all four of those teams are mailing it in at this point. Um, and then, like we talked about a minute ago, the Rangers have recently joined that group as well. They literally pulled out a, uh, sorry, they literally released a full blown uh, statement today telling their fans basically, <laughs> get ready. Give it Some up. Some of your favorite players are going to be traded. They had like, they Respect. had this like, big press release. And then like a like nine or ten tweet thread, just like yeah, you know we try really hard to win the Stanley Cup every year and put a good product out there, but uh, this year we're just gonna have to trade some people. Is that their it's gonna go terribly, dude. They've never had to rebuild through the draft. That's not that's not their no. mo. Yeah, free agency uh, always. Kent Wilson mm-hmm. tweeted today, and it was actually so so perfect. It was just basically like. I have this feeling that the Rangers have no idea what they're doing, <laughs> yeah. and it's kind of true. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, and then uh, in addition to those teams, I think over the next few weeks it's going to be telling uh, as to what the Hurricanes and the Panthers end up doing as well. The Hurricanes seem to kind of just—they uh, were a team that just seems to be on the cusp here for the last couple of years, but they can't quite break through obviously the struggles of scott darling this year is what's really held them back they were thinking they finally got that number one guy again and we're going to be able to break through hasn't worked at (laughs) all and that team seems to just kind of be be imploding from the inside out at this point uh bill peters is very upset with their performance over the weekend uh there was some (laughs) Like a disappointed parent. (laughs) Yeah, there's been some scathing reviews uh, about them too in the newspapers. uh, Basically just blasting players like Justin Falk and Victor Rask. Uh, Seemingly Jordan Stahl is like the only guy getting a pass right now. And Cam Ward, I guess, is doing all right as well. They still think uh, he's Eric. You definitely can't (laughs) smash Jordan Stahl though. Like that's the thing. Like like, you go after him, he's just like, man, I'm Jordan Stahl. And he walks out and never see him again. Yeah, that that's how, how that goes. No, not at all. I didn't know He's the of... one guy who's just, you know, well, him and Cam Ward obviously have just been through it all. Well, not, I mean, no, Jordan, yeah, not as long. I, as I don't think Jordan won the cup. No, he definitely didn't. No, definitely not. He won He won cups. He won cups. But, not, but just not there. Big, yeah. Not, not, not in rally. Cup. He's got no, his ring. I, I actually probably think they still think it's Eric. Yeah, no, that's what it is. Yeah, they're like, oh, yeah. He just changed his number. Legend. He does look the same. 
Uh, but uh, so anyways, let's take a look now. We're going to start with the forwards. Obviously, there's a, a lot more forwards on the market than there are uh, defensemen and goalies. But we're going to take a look at some of these big names that teams are expected to take some calls on, who might be looking to trade for them. And obviously, uh, what we're here to do is talk fancy hockey. So we're going to just basically talk on what a trade could do to their fantasy value. Obviously, it's a little bit more difficult to do when we don't know where the player is being traded. But obviously, just a change of scenery sometimes, uh, especially team, uh, or sorry, players on teams that aren't that great will obviously help in a big way. So we're going to talk about what it could mean for their fantasy value. And then upon my return to Canada and the, uh, the end of the trade deadline, we will then have a, another show where we talk about the actual impacts of all of these trades and what it actually means now that we know who they're playing for, who they might be playing with, etc., etc. So, you guys ready to talk about some trades that aren't things yet? Oh, super Do ready it. to talk about superficial <laughs> trades. So we kind of talked about this guy a little bit last week, but we're going to go back to it again. Uh, Evander Kane is one of the bigger names on the market right now. Uh, he's a pending UFA. It seems like there is just a massive amount of wingers, specifically left wingers, available. Um, but at the same breath, if you look at a lot of these teams, it looks like a lot of teams that are you know either in the playoffs or on the bubble right now are looking for wingers. So there should be a lot of t- uh, teams maybe... I shouldn't say looking for Kane services because he's kind of a, a mercurial guy. Some teams might want to avoid him and look at other wingers. But uh, D, we'll start with you. What a what can a what can a potential Evander Kane trade look like, and, and what would it do for his value leaving Buffalo? Yeah, I I don't know. Like, um, I think Kane. You know, as far as his fantasy value goes, I think he's in a kind of the ideal spot right now. He's playing over nineteen minutes a night, top power play time. Uh, and it's resulted in almost four shots a game. He's shooting as much as he ever has in his career. You would have to think that they're going to move him, do everything they can to move him if they don't intend on re-signing him, given his expiring contract and how you know not competitive they are as a team. Um, but I, I don't know. Like it, it's hard because <laughs> to me, there's not a lot of competitive teams out there who like are in need of a first line winger, um, or at least the teams that are competitive enough to. Uh, you know, move the assets that are going to be required to move to get Evander Kane. And one of the few teams that are is Winnipeg. And I don't think there's any chance in hell Winnipeg makes a move for Evander <laughs> He's going Kane. back. Yeah, like I think, you know, on paper it would be a pretty decent move, but there's just no way that happens. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where he plays out. I can't imagine him getting anything above a second-line role when he does get traded. Um, and I just really don't see his fantasy stock going anywhere but down should that happen, which is unfortunate because he's having a pretty uh, pretty great season um, otherwise. Yeah, to kind of back off that, he well, he was having an absolutely phenomenal season until 10 games ago, um, which he hasn't put a point up in 10 games. And Kane might right. kind of but, earned... Oh, yeah, sorry, he's still ahead. shooting just as much, though, and it's, yeah, it's, it seems like exactly. it's more just a cold something or anything, but definitely hurts his trade value. For sure. And we literally see it every year with Kane. He's such a hot streak, cold streak kind of guy. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's 86% owned right now, which is actually higher than guys like Matt Barzell, um, which is just crazy. Um, so I don't think he deserves to be that owned. Um, and I, I'm with you here. I, that's exactly what I said. I said he was getting a ton of ice time um, in Buffalo. And it, it's just the minutes aren't going to be there wherever he does get traded to, unless it's a non-contender um, like Buffalo. But why would a non-contender do that? So, right, um, it just doesn't add up. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and one thing that I do love, you mentioned it as well, is shots with 197 at this point. He's um, he's just putting everything at the net. If anything, I can see with a couple more playmakers around him, him kind of just 
working on that goal total, but at the end of the day, you know what you're getting from Evander Kane. I don't think he's going to be anything more than you expected um, at this point at this point of the year for him to get with either Buffalo or whatever team he goes to. Um, I just think he kind of, if anything, best case scenario is he stays at the same same level he's at fantasy wise. Um, but yeah, I think I think someone might offer a little too much for Kane, and I kind of hope it doesn't happen. But at the same time, I think Buffalo might end up having to sell him a little lower than they expected to. I do expect. Do you, or sorry, Beebs, do you think that? Uh, I mean, if they're going to be in buy mode, do you think that the Avalanche is a is a place that he could end up going and maybe see top six minutes? I mean, they're one of the few teams that it seems to be in this kind of contending spot that actually has the cap room to bring him on. Yeah, and they're one of the teams that actually has well now an abundance of young demon that they can kind of asset off. Um, they have four or five top prospects um, that are almost an NHL already, but not quite right now, um, that they would potentially be able to move um, in the Kane deal. But I, I could see that happening. If he does, he's not going to obviously touch that top line with McKinnon, uh, Ranton, and Landis Cog. That's not going anywhere Well, once they're all healthy, um, which please be soon. But um, I could definitely see him jumping in that in that, uh, in that that top six there in the second line, um, which, I mean, again, he's not going to become... Uh, more than he's not going to jump on that first power play. He's not going to break through the uh, the McKinnon line, any of that. So he's still he moves down in fantasy value still. Um, but at that point, I think he kind of keeps where he's at um, or or down again. But he's definitely he wouldn't go up if he moved to Colorado. I'd I'd have to say unless there's a big injury, which could be you know random. But I could see them potentially making a move there. Yeah, I think the one thing uh, that a lot of people forget about. Uh, this guy, he's only 26. I mean, yeah, he's still super extremely young. young. Seems like he's um, been around forever. And I think that, like, because of a player like him, his, his issues off the ice and stuff like that have obviously been well documented over the years. Uh, you know, it's something that we haven't heard a lot about during his time in Buffalo. So maybe those uh, those issues are overblown uh, at this point in his career. But I think that this is a guy that, because of stuff like that, could go for cheaper than he probably should yeah and i think that he could bring a shitload to it to a team i mean he he, he kind of does it all in terms of he's got speed he plays physical and then you look i mean he's got a uh, a 5.0 relative coursey right now um he's what is it 36 points i think he's got here in 50 games yeah. or something like yeah. that yeah and his on ice yeah. shooting percentage is at uh six percent 6.6 it hasn't actually been above seven in his three years in buffalo and he's been able to put up pretty solid numbers um but like he's got a career 9.2 on ice shooting percentage with three years in in buffalo under seven so i you know i think that while i agree that his obviously his minutes and stuff will go down uh and, and maybe his fantasy value will take a hit but when you look at it from an actual raw hockey perspective i think that this guy should be highly coveted at the deadline and Somebody like a, a contender adding a piece like this, especially like a team that needs it, uh, is getting a hell of a player in my opinion. I think uh, I think if Washington had the cap space, if they could make it happen, he'd be great there because it seems like that one like that, that those wingers have been lacking all year. I mean, Tom Wilson, Devontae <laughs> yeah. Smith, Pelly, like there's just been a, a revolving door with Ovechkin and Backstrom or Kuznetsov. And they, they've been, I mean, Verona's had some nice stints. Burkowski's been a disappointment again. Uh, so they're a team that could, you know, maybe it's not Evander Kane because he's a little bit more expensive than the rest of these guys, but they're a team that has to be looking to add one of these wingers. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think it's, sorry to cut you off, D, I think this is going to be kind of a theme for the rest of the players we look at here is that um, 
they're just wingers that could fill in slots like that in Washington. Um, and, and I think that's going to be um, a common thing. And Columbus, too, is another one that we see a lot of. But D, I'll let you go. No, yeah, no, I was just going to say Oshie is actually the only one who's done well so far um, besides Ovechkin on the wing in Washington, but they're kind of reluctant to play him on that top line. Yeah, they're trying to balance it out a little bit, right? And it's yeah. just not really – they can't find any because they just don't have the cap room, I guess, to – to round out that lineup i mean they're right up against it right now again and and you know last week we kind of talked about mike green potentially going back there but they're gonna have to get extremely creative and, and offload some assets to um to get rid of some bad contracts in order to bring on some some more contracts or whatever to, to you know make this push again because i mean like we said last week uh the, the window the ov window is closing although we did get a comment <laughs> on our most recent episode that i think his name's ben guy said that Ovi is going to score 40 by just standing at the dot and blasting it until he's 60 years old. So I hope he's uh, maybe right. the Ovi window, hopefully the Washington window isn't closing as fast as we think uh, because it looks like Ovechkin's got another 25 years in him yeah. of 40 goals. If we think his hair's play. white now, oh man, just, when he's 60, ripping bombs. <laughs> yeah. Going to be fun Speaking to watch. Of ripping bombs. Speaking of ripping bombs in the power play, uh, Mike Hoffman's name uh, was one that wasn't expected to be on this list you know at the start of the year given what the senators were able to do last year uh but he has two years left uh 5.19 million dollar cap hit uh two years not a massive contract obviously uh something though that uh teams would would have to you know really plan for for the next couple years so uh hoffman's an interesting name a guy that can absolutely score a 30 goal guy and somebody that could definitely help a power play what do you think a mike hoffman deal could look like d uh, I, I don't know. Like, I think, you know, obviously it's not, it's pretty similar to Kane. They're both guys who, who shoot a lot um, and definitely, you know, score their fair share of goals. Um, to me, I, I'd rank him above Kane. I'd rank him second to only Pacioretty on this list. Um, but I do think a lot of what I said about Kane applies to Hoffman. You know, I, I think he could potentially, unless, you know, Winnipeg, again, seems like the only real landing spot um, where there's potentially a first line position available uh, among these contenders looking to add here um but but i actually think often if you know his playing time goes down a little bit if he's playing 16 minutes a night with higher caliber teammates could potentially boost his value um but i think as a fantasy owner i'd feel more comfortable if he stayed put in ottawa which is certainly a possibility at this point as well um but again, I, I'm with you, Brock. I, I think he's a huge talent. I, I'd rank him above Kane, and I, I think he'd be just a massive boost to any power play heading into the playoffs. But I really can't imagine him playing on a first line anywhere if it's not in Winnipeg. Yeah, I think I think Hoffman is exactly like you said. Or said he's kind of Evander Kane a little bit better in a sense. Um, if I just kind of wish he would shoot as many times as Vander Kane instead of his 169 shots maybe if he had a Kane's 197 he would uh he'd be hitting that 20 goal mark but that's just me being greedy um because Ottawa has just had Ottawa or terrible offense all year as we know um as you mentioned though Hoffman staying in Ottawa is probably best for his fantasy value and especially as of late him and Duchesne have really shown some chemistry um it's been kind of talked about a lot through the Canadian media here just because they're looking for anything to jump on on that team successfully. Um, so it's been nice to kind of see that happen. But, um, again, Hoffman's going to go down in ice time, like you said, if he goes somewhere. Um, I do think Washington would be a great fit for Hoffman, uh, but they I don't think they can fit that in there. Um, 
So yeah, I don't I don't know. For for me, um I, I would love to see them just stay in Ottawa. I hate to see them blow up, especially after how great last year was. Um and I think for fantasy owners, same thing. But put him on a power play, um, on a on a lethal team and he could become extremely dangerous for this last little bit. Yeah, uh the one place that I think would be kind of interesting to see him go, and one team that definitely has the room for him is Vegas. Uh I mean I can't believe we're even talking about this at this point, but uh, he could kind of fill the similar role that he does in Ottawa. You, you know, maybe he wouldn't play top six because why would you break that top six up? Obviously, that top line's not going to get messed with. David Perron's, uh, I think, a point per game right now as well on the second line, so he's not going to bump Perron or James Neal down. But they could, you know, maybe use a little bit of an infusion of goal scoring in their bottom six. I mean, they've been relying on guys like Alex Tuck and Brendan Leipzig uh, who don't have a ton of, you know years under their belt heading into the playoffs maybe they want to get somebody who's a little bit more experienced and they've got the room uh he you know i think they've got the power play sits uh in the top 10 in the nhl right now so he'd maybe boost them to a boost their power play up a little bit as well and i mean this team is obviously at the at this point they're got to be thinking about taking a serious run at this thing and uh (laughs) they still don't know what they want to do eh I don't, yeah, like, week. I'd like be he literally to, like, said he's not sure. What's happening. <laughs> and that's the thing too, right? Sometimes you got, you got this good thing going, you don't want to mess with what's working, but um, there's, I just th- think it's so interesting how, I mean, they talk about Tampa being like this team that's all in um, and that can basically do whatever they want, but Vegas is in the same boat, man. They got so much yeah. cap space. They got so much money um, that's like not like tie down next year they, they, right. they well, can do I, anything i think in like i think where mcphee's line of thinking comes from is since he's you know taken this job from day one it's all been about uh laying the foundation for the future moving forward and stuff right so <laughs> to you know watch the team outperform every single expectation you could have possibly had for them and then think he has to start thinking like actually should i start tearing down this foundation that i've spent every day working here building right in such a short period of time it's just such a 180 degree turn uh in in forms of and in the form of like the way of thinking that i I think it's kind of he's just bewildered more than anything else and to me like i i would be really hesitant to trust the good goaltending they've got so far um and yeah i'd love to add a guy like hoffman but i would look to shore up that blue line before anything else if i was george mcphee yeah and that's for sure and that's a thing i think that they can almost do whatever they want i think that they could add somebody like hoffman up front uh and because they wouldn't really to me the my reasoning for saying hoffman here is because he has that term still and it's not a bad contract and so it would be kind of playing into the the future and in the in the present as to somebody like evander kane who would be a pure rental um obviously an evander kane to vegas deal would be absolutely hilarious crazy (laughs) um because we all know how much he loves that city but uh adding a defenseman too and we'll get to some later would be smart but then you look at their the way their team is set up i mean next year you're gonna have jason garrison clayton stone or lucas spisa all three of those guys uh potentially coming off the books and that is uh over uh almost 12 million dollars worth of cap space right there so they can do whatever they want uh, and, and set themselves up for this year and and maybe into the future with a guy like Hoffman and some other guys with terms still on their contracts. Uh, speaking of a guy with, with some term left on his deal, D, you talked about him a little bit already. Max Pacioretty, uh, one year for, at $4.5 million. Really uh, quite the bargain there. Um, one of the best team, contracts in the league. 
for sure. And, and, and for another year, I mean, teams got to be just licking their chops to add a guy like this. Yeah. Uh, it's actually absurd to me like with that contract that, you know, he's even on this list, but you never want to put making a bogus move past Mark Bergevin. Um, I, I think if Patrick does get moved, it won't, you know, as far as fantasy speaking, I don't think it really threatens his value. You would assume he'll have a steep price, um, a price tag. Again, you never know with Mark Bergevin, but uh, any team willing to pay that that price uh, wouldn't be doing it to play him on their second or third line. So I, I think wherever he goes is going to see, you know, something similar to the usage he had has in Montreal and maybe with, you know, stronger line mates or teammates as well. Imagine, I keep going back to Winnipeg, um, but to me, like, they just have so much talent in their top six already, and they're on the record of saying they're looking to add to it. Um, specifically that top line left wing spot once Mark Shifley returns. Um, so I, I think, it, I think just imagine if he ended up in Winnipeg, right? The benefit of playing alongside a passer like Blake Wheeler or Mark Shifley, what that would do to his game. He's never seen anything like that. Um, Jonathan Duran certainly wasn't that David Deharnay was never that, um, so I, I just think you wouldn't see him going into these prolonged slumps like we saw at the start of the year that he's just started to come out of now um, if he had that kind of playmaking talent around him. I don't think he gets moved at the end of the day. But again, you never want to put anything asinine past Mark Bergevin. So we'll see how it all plays out. Yeah, another thing that he has going in his favor that the Jets too is that they're they're known to make deals at the, at the deadline. I think they've done it almost every year for the past five or six years. Um, but don't quote me on that, but um, but I completely agree. Um, Patchetti's a guy who's going to step into a, onto a top three line, no matter where he goes. He's just that talented, and if he does move, it could be absolutely phenomenal for him because maybe just a change of uh, scenery is what he needs this year. And you said it; he's never really had a center in in Montreal, so to see what he could do with um, someone actually above a third line center talent. No offense to those guys; um, it, it would be kind of cool to see, I think. Um, and but at the end of the day, I agree. He's with the contract like that. It would just take so much to move, and I, I just don't think any of these contenders want to move what the asking price is going to be because um, it, it might actually destroy them for future years if that isn't the case. But if he does go, fantasy value goes up. But this is a guy who, in general, I just think people should still be taking stabs at. We've seen him imp- improve a lot. Um, he's been a buy low all year, and he stays right there. Um, and, and he's been really picking it up as of late. I like Pacioretty a lot for the second half of the season um, and could be huge on your team if you're making a playoff push. So no matter if he gets traded, again, as we say all the time, go after Pacioretty. Definitely. We've talked about it uh, ad nauseum on this show. About yeah, how it's, it's like ridiculous. And, and, he, and he's had some streaks where he's really picked it up recently. Um, what about a team like Tampa Bay, if they can finagle that deal? Could you imagine them adding... Uh, somebody like Patchetti, because like that, if anyone could. It's team that's just Eiserman. Yeah, it, like and they're just all in, right? Like this, those are the two teams that just keep coming up to my mind. Is is them and Nashville? It's like they're gonna do anything, like to 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 win. Mikhail Sergachev for Max Patchetti trade, straight up. Yeah, <laughs> send him back. Be hilarious. But um, you know what? Before we move on, uh, before I forget, really, because I don't have this written down anywhere. But uh, Beebs, you were talking about how the avalanche have this bevy of of, of young defense prospects Just and i read in elliot friedman's 31 thoughts the other day that teams are kind of calling on tyson barry um and it doesn't seem like they're ready to move him because of where they're sitting at right now um but as a as a avalanche fan would you be that'd be something you'd be interested in you know investigating see what they could get for him right now well he's still got some i think he's still got a year or two left on his deal yeah. wouldn't he be an rfa when it runs out 
Sorry. Um, I'm not, I'll look it up right now. Yeah, Go I'm ahead. Not sure if it would be, but no. Um, but the thing, honestly, I think the biggest reason why Colorado is even fielding these questions right now is because they went on that um, that crazy win streak without Tyson Berry in the lineup. Um, he was injured the whole time, um, and I think they realized that they can play other guys in that position, which is why. I don't think it's an ideal move to to move him, but if you can move him now for whew, something, you know, if you get something like you did in the Duchesne trade, which they just absolutely robbed um, Ottawa. And Everybody. If you could, yeah, if you, if you could do that again, I don't think it's off the table. Um, say, hey, Nashville, you, you want to go all in? You want a fifth D-man named Tyson Berry? Give us just a crap ton of stuff. Number five. Um, yeah, which would just ridiculous. be the most ridiculous top five anyone's ever seen. But, um, but yeah, I think it's a case of that. Colorado knows that deep down the Avalanche know, I think, that they're not going to win it all this year, um, that what they're doing is awesome. But they also know that this could be huge, like the Leafs making the playoffs last year for yeah. you know for the players. Just to, there's a lot of young guys there that they're looking to uh, that they're looking to continue to build on on nice contracts. Um, so I think if you can move Barry now and still think you can make that playoffs, make the playoffs um, and add something amazing, like I said, it's, it's definitely not off the off the books there. Um, Samuel Gerrard's proven he could stand stay up in that top four. Um, maybe not every night, but. Hey, give him the chance. Uh, He's got some defensive year. quarrels to work out. In yeah, his game, quite but... a bit, uh, and maybe just <laughs> you some size. But twenty-year-old or whatever he is, though. Nineteen. Nineteen. <laughs> Sorry, I got got going there. Um, but yeah, no, that that could be an intriguing storyline as uh, as trade deadline comes. Um, just it'd be cool to see Mike Green go a couple days early just to see what they bring in for him, and then kind of assess it from there. So yeah, Barry's got three years left at five and a half after this year. Uh, so pretty good contract. It's not for bad at all. Like yeah. him. Um, I wouldn't move that. No, but at the same time, when you got somebody like uh, Kale McCarr, will probably be on the team next year. Should be. Connor uh, Timmons. They got just so many young D prospects. It might be worth at least kind of throwing the line out there and see what it could bring in. Uh, because yeah, like you said, D or Beebs, That's what I was trying to uh, get at. Was you know they're not really I, I, a team that's gonna. Run the table this year. Like to me, you watch these teams that, um, you know, the Chicago, the Pittsburgh, uh, maybe even Toronto now, and, and Tampa Bay for sure. Like the teams that have, um, kind of come and built through the draft and watch the young core kind of grow into these really competitive and potentially you know, uh, dynasty like teams for years to come. Leafs withstanding from that. I I think that it's just it seems like it's so much harder to fill out your top four D-man from year to year than it is to fill out your top six. And I think Tyson Berry is just such a strong starting point to build off of in their in their back end. And there's really no other sure thing for the next, you know, three, four, or five years on that blue line. Samuel Gerrard is a great, um, you know, in the offensive zone, he's like solid on the power play. But, you know, it's still yet to see if his game will round out fully. I wouldn't take that risk, I would say. Um, just because when you do get to that point where you're right on the edge and you have that strong core... Of guys, you know, McKinnon, Rantanen, um, and then Tyson Berry. I, I think it's just way easier to fill out the winger spots on your top six than it is to fill out your top four. And yeah, that's why I wouldn't move them. Lots of valid points. I, I can't believe looking at it right now how long uh, Eric Johnson signed for. I love it. <laughs> signed I love through twenty twenty three at six million dollars per year. He's twenty nine years old at this point. But let's keep talking about forwards here. Um, Mikel Grabner, we talked about him last week. We did, Michael Grabner, whatever you want to say it. Uh, not going to touch on him again. Uh, pending UFA. 
D's favorite player. Tons of speed. But a guy uh, <laughs> I think that sucks. has... The guy that has... We haven't talked about a ton yet is Rick Nash. Uh, it is... Especially with the tweets and the and the release, they become abundantly clear that this guy's going somewhere. Uh, D, we'll go back to you here. Rick Nash, I think similar to a guy like Pacioretty and Kane and Hoffman, brings a shitload to the table. This is a, a a group of wingers that really can score and help these. You know, um, it seems like twenty contenders right now. What what right. might a Rick Nash deal look like? Uh, to me, it's just another guy, like you said, Brock, you know, all the ones we've talked about before is talent obviously isn't quite there with, uh, Pacioretty, Kane or Hoffman. Um, but it's another guy whose role I can't really imagine growing anywhere bigger than it is right now. Should he get moved? Uh, and by all accounts, you know, he will get moved. Uh, again, Winnipeg, maybe he ends up there. Um, <laughs> everyone's going to Winnipeg, but no, the only reason I keep mentioning it, it's like the best case scenario for all of these guys. Like I, yeah. I can't, none of these other teams that are buyers right now, I, I don't see like a top line forward posi- oh. or forward opening. Like it's just not there. You don't get Columbus. to the point of being this competitive with a hole and your top three. You know what I mean? Like it just doesn't happen. Um, so uh, again, if he ends up in Winnipeg, maybe there's room on that top line for him, but it seems more likely it's going to be somewhere like Boston um, or even Washington, but that contract, I don't think it works. If if somewhere like Boston, he'll be sliding down the depth chart for sure. Um, and who knows if he even makes it on a top power play unit on a team like that. So I don't imagine, you know, from a fantasy perspective, getting any better. But I think there's a lot of goal, goal scoring talent here, um, especially if you're looking at, you know, filling out the depths of your team uh, for an NHL roster. I think you'd be lethal on a team like Boston. And it would make that, you know, first round impending matchup with the Maple Leafs even scarier for me. So. No, yeah, Rick Nash. Um, I'm excited to see. I want to see it happen. Him end up um, in his old stomping grounds in Columbus. Um, there's been some. Rumor. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah, there's been some rumor about them targeting him, and uh, and I, I think it's without a question that they're one of the ten teams on his no trade clause list. Uh, why would yeah. he not want to go back there? He has a great connection with them. Um, put up his career numbers there. Um, and one thing about Nash is Brock. You kind of talked about. It, I think a couple weeks in, he, he's been shooting the puck like crazy. Um, which I like about him a lot, but it uh, as he goes to another team and, and like D said, he's gonna take a, a lesser role. Um, that's gonna go down and I just I don't think he's very fantasy eligible to be owned at this point. He really hasn't been all year, but um but he could definitely it would it would be a nice reunion to see him back in Columbus, um, in his old threads there. He's not gonna be wearing the C anymore, so it'd be a little weird if he does. Right. But um but yeah, no, I think uh I think he could definitely push for twenty five goals this year. Um still make an impact on one of those teams, but I just uh the price they were asking is kind of ridiculous. I, uh, there's rumors going around that it was what, a first round pick, a a, a future prospect and then uh, current NHLer, I guess. So again, uh, the Rangers think... don't really know what's going on. No, know and everyone's it. like talking about how admirable it is that they're like informing their fans they're tearing it down. No sensible GM or management team would ever do that because that's just like <laughs> any team you're tickets. negotiating with. Like you have any any leverage you think you have with expiring contracts goes completely out the window. Yeah, like we know you absolutely need to move Rick Nash at all costs. Like we're not gonna amp up our offer to meet your needs. Like you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> Unless now everyone like, knows. <laughs> unless eleven teams are not banging ideal. at the door for Rick Nash. But we talked about how much depth there is on the wing and this this exactly. trade class, if you will. 
And this is like our, the biggest contract available. I mean, it is up at the end of the year, so it's not like you're taking yeah. on a lot. But they're probably um, going to eat money wherever he goes to. They oh, have no has reason to. not to. Has to. And, and yeah. you know, they eat some money, and then they'll get a better return. Uh, but again, he's on pace for 257 shots this year. Uh, shooting percentage is down from his career 12.7 to 9.5. Uh, still a 3.8 relative Corsi. And an on-ice shooting percentage down from a career 9.3 to 7. So there's more to be had here. There's some untapped uh, opportunities here. I think, obviously, Columbus is a team I'd love to see him go to. Uh, But one team we have not mentioned yet with any of these wingers that is another team that, kind of like Colorado, didn't expect to be here, is the Devils. They're a team that could definitely use some help on the wing. Uh, They're pretty solid down the middle, you know, with with Heischer, Zajac, Zaka, Boyle. Obviously not ideal, uh, but they could use Not a terrible. little bit of help on the wing. Uh, they're still a young team as well. But maybe Rick Nash, if they really want to make a push forward, maybe not Rick Nash might not be the, the answer, but a guy like Mike Hoffman who's got some term or Pacioretty might be an answer in New Jersey. They're just one team that we I don't think we've talked about yet that I think will definitely be looking at these guys uh, if yeah. they really think they've got a shot to you know maybe take a bit of a deep run here in the playoffs. But uh, I, let's... Uh... Sorry, go ahead. No, I would just say I would imagine Hoffman is more likely than Pacioretty because Pacioretty and Hall are both strict uh left, left wing, wing. and that's why guys. i was yeah. and that's why i thought of uh, of rick nash because rick nash is right. really one of those guys that can play or, both sides you know potentially the next guy i think fits in here too yeah and before we uh we'll leave that teaser out there for now we're gonna fire it over to the blue stones for a bit when we get back we're gonna talk about a few more forwards uh some defensemen and some goalies and uh, before we send you guys on your way so enjoy the blue stones we'll see you guys back here in six seconds Season 3, Episode 21 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. It is the early, early edition of the Trade Deadline Preview. Uh, we talked about a shitload of wingers in the first half, and we're going to continue that trend, uh, talking about three more wingers, all with term left on their contracts. D, we're going to fire it over to you right away. Jeff Skinner, one year, $5.73 million left on that deal. Not a guy that's for sure going to get moved because it all depends what happens with Carolina over the next couple of weeks, but somebody absolutely worth talking about if he does end up getting moved. So Jeff Skinner, uh, somebody that we've talked about being kind of locked and down on that third line pretty much 
for the last three years. Uh, <laughs> if he gets traded, will he see more ice time? And what could a Jeff Skinner deal look like? Could he go to Winnipeg, D? <laughs> potentially, but I mean, he's you know he he also has the potential, but I think to fill in some of the other spots where you could kind of play down the lineup as well. Um, but I would imagine the Jets are interested for sure. Uh, Skinner has excellent shot production, and he you know despite being on the third line, he does play 17 minutes a night. They're pretty balanced with their attack there. Um, but his conversion rates do definitely have me thinking he could benefit from playing with some more talented linemen. It's 7.9 personal shooting percentage this year and just a 6.2 on ice shooting percentage. Um, you know, it, it, I guess in true Hurricanes fashion, his struggles have come despite tremendous possession numbers. Uh, got a 55.5 courtesy four percentage this season. Um, so he could certainly help any team he goes to if he sees similar ice time, which is certainly conceivable, even if he's on a second line, you know, 16 minutes, uh, 16, 17 minutes, not unheard of for uh, a second line. Um, so playing with better talent could certainly correct at least his on ice shooting percentage. And I think it would actually drive his fantasy value up if he gets traded, which I haven't said too much tonight. So that's fun. Yeah. It's nice. Nice to kind of hear that. I was thinking exactly that. I was like, Oh, we're actually getting handed one now. Yeah. Um, cause just, just like Brock, um, Brock said there he's he's kind of he's found his way back on that third line which we hate seeing so um just carrying pretty, Derek Ryan around the ice yeah. the last three years yeah also huge trade bait Derek Ryan so cool. you know um, let's go Derek he's 37 years old 28 year old sophomore <laughs> career, or sophomore slump um Classic. but uh Jeff Skinner's one year off of a 37 goal season um He's he's proven you know that he that he has the offensive ability to just be an absolute stud. Um, I think if someone gives it to him, that'd be great. Uh, I, I put Vegas down as one of my big teams that I could see going for this, just with the assets that they have. Um, as we mentioned, they kind of have endless things that they can do and whatever they want. And this would be a nice kind of nice addition. Um, could be an easy fan favorite, um, and and just like a, a pure goal scorer, which is um, one thing that's kind of we're seeing through a lot of these players here, um, a lot of these wingers. We got Patch Ready there, like we mentioned, Hoffman, Vander Kane, and now Jeff Skinner. They're all they all are pure goal scorers. These are guys that can uh, that can add a lot of goals to a lineup. But Skinner goes up if he gets traded. If not, uh, let's just continue to watch him. You know, do what he's done for the last five years and work on his minus twenty four rating that he has this season. Yeah, that's one thing that'll definitely go up if he gets traded. Yeah. Am I the only one that's convinced that Derek Ryan is basically just Derek Roy and he just changed his name and he's just trying to still play in the NHL? <laughs> and and who, who's playing and, for Team Canada next and week? And he's just going to the Team Canada Derek now. Royan. Could be. Yeah, Derek, Derek Royan. Royan. <laughs> hey, you got a goal from Anders Lee there, B, uh, D. There you go. Lucky you. And I just hit the over on mybookie.ag in that game, which is Bronco? actually... Who scored? Anders who Lee. Scored? Cool. Let's go, Anders. Cool. Let's go, Dares. Who else even trade him? Let's go, Workaholics. Yeah. <laughs> but do uh, you have anything else to add on Jeff Skinner, boys, or is it just uh, he's carrying Derek Roy in around the ice his whole life? No, I think he's sneakily one of – or sneakily. Um, it's like your favorite word tonight. Yeah. Did I say it already? One of the top options out there. Like if I was an actual GM and not, you know, a fantasy GM in this fantasy world we like to talk about, um, I would definitely be going after Jeff Skinner. Jeff Skinner's unreal. Dude. He's only 25. I hope the Red Wings trade Yeah, him. Just he's just like Evander Kane where it's like, this guy's only 25? Like, hasn't he, he been here for 50 years? No, it's been... Yeah, you know, in great. my head, I was just like, I just... In my head, he's played for the New York Rangers before just because I picture him in that uniform, but it's because he played for the Kitchener. Kitchener, yeah. yeah. He's sneakily only 25 years old. So sneakily. sneakily. <laughs> he also still looks 18, so you could pass him off as that. 
Yes. For what? Fun fact. For what? I don't know. I just made trade him. <laughs> convince, convince, convince the GM who doesn't know. Yeah, yeah, I just he's wasn't actually... sure what you were going. <laughs> I, no, no, I don't. Uh, no, ooh, no. All right, who's next? It's not who often. It's not often that we talk about a guy who's only played twelve <laughs> NHL games this year as being a potential decent pickup at the deadline. Yeah. Uh, but D, this is obviously a guy you're pretty familiar with, Josh Levo. Uh, it was kind of interesting. He basically sat the bench all year last year. Only played. 18 hockey games total uh, between right. the Marlies and the Maple Leafs. And this year, only played 12 hockey games total. <laughs> he re-signed there this summer because he wants to be a Leaf, It's but he just well, cannot seem to break that lineup. They call Kasperi Kapanen up, put him in the lineup, Levo sits. So Such finally he was like, I'm done. Like Just let me out of here. Uh, so he's own. a guy that's on the market, and he's a guy that had 50, 48 points excuse me, in 51 games with the Marlies in 15-16. Uh, has not played a lot of hockey since then. Only about 40 total games of uh, of action. But, uh, you know, you you have a little bit more exposure to Josh Levo than uh, the rest of us. Not much, though, based on his games played. But uh, what do you think <laughs> Josh Levo can bring to a, to a team? Uh, you know, I, I think as far as fantasy value goes, undoubtedly Josh Levo will receive the biggest boost of anyone on this list because he'll Definitely. go from not playing at all to playing a little bit at least, right? Um, it, honestly, dude, it's really hard to project what he could do with better opportunity. He's done well at the lower levels, obviously. Um, there's just so little data to go off of the NHL. He looked really good in really limited time last year. Played like 10 games, or uh, I think it was 13 games with the fourth line and had like 10 points. Um, and I just think there's, you know, I think coaching and management is not on the same page with this one. I don't think you sign a guy who played 13 games for you um, to a one-way contract if you think that's exactly what's going to happen the next year. Um, and I think kind of the last straw for Levo was definitely seeing Captain get called up and inserted into the lineup and seemingly taking Matt Martin's spot for good, um, getting that opportunity before Levo ever did. So, again, I think it's hard to project what he could do with better opportunity, but I don't think you can deny at this point that he at least deserves that opportunity. Um, and the Leafs are just so deep at wing, it's not coming anywhere soon. So I, I think he will get moved. It seems inevitable. Um, you know, Elliot Freeman was talking about in his 31 Thoughts piece, Brock, that the value was surprisingly high, or the asking price was surprisingly high for Lee Wolf and the Maple Leafs. So we'll see how it plays out. But again, like I, I don't see the point in having him there. Fabcock just refuses to play him. And... Even if they do trade him, there's other guys in the AHL right now that are quite capable of filling his spot of not playing. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. I don't imagine he's going to get traded into a top six spot immediately, um, but you never know. And, again, he's done well in limited time, but it's such a small sample size. I really don't feel comfortable projecting anything else off of it. But he does deserve the shot, I think, so we'll see where it goes. I saw an interesting thing. I can't remember. I think it might have been on Canucks Army uh, that said basically it might have even just been on Twitter. Can't remember. So regardless, I saw something that it was basically like teams like the Canucks who need maybe young scoring wingers like Levo should consider taking on Matt Martin's contract and you know relieving the Maple Leafs of that. Sure. And and to take Levo like to get Levo, they'll you know okay we'll take this terrible contract off your hands to give us levo type of deal or whatever um so that's something that could i think could happen he won't necessarily go to a contender but at least he'll go somewhere where he can play long yeah. island maybe yeah 
Definitely. Uh, let's move on to our last winger, Gustav Nyquist in Detroit. Uh, one year, $4.75 million left on his deal. Uh, it was interesting in that same 31 Thoughts uh, article by Friedman, he mentioned a potential deal uh, between the Red Wings and Hurricanes that would see Andreas Athanasiu go to Carolina for Justin Falk, which to me which would is, be yeah. awesome. It's <laughs> especially interesting because I didn't think anyone in mainstream media knew who Athanasiu was. Yeah. Well, apparently they're paying a little bit of attention. Have you ever heard his name get mentioned anywhere outside of like Detroit radio and maybe this podcast? Like it just does get talked about. No, absolutely not. He is a he's basically a, I don't think anybody even knew how to pronounce his name. I think the only reason he's so fast. He definitely like googled it and just like copied and pasted that name into his, <laughs> sure into his he post. Did, yeah. There's no, no way he knows sure. how to spell it. No, for sure that's what happened. But uh, Gustav Nyquist, obviously a guy that uh, has proven to be a pretty good goal scorer. Uh, good playmaker in this league before. Biebs, what do you think uh, about Gustav Nyquist? Uh, you know, can he build off of what he's been able to do in Detroit with another team, or is you know Nyquist just what Nyquist is? Um, this is someone who I was totally on the hype train back, in, I mean, five years ago, and it was like, oh, yeah, Nyquist is going to be the next big thing. He's awesome, blah, blah, blah. He wasn't. Um, <laughs> I think I think we kind of know what we're getting out of Nyquist. He's, he's given us... Uh, Four year, four straight years of forty plus points, um, which is, is super reasonable to expect. But um, he's never eclipsed the fifty four point mark, so um, I think a, a mid forty points is kind of what to expect. And I don't think that really changes no matter where he goes. He's been in uh, very nice situations in Detroit in the last couple of years. I think I would say um, they they have tried him in the, in the top six. They've also tried him in the bottom six and everywhere in between that um, Blashell decides to put every player because he, he just rolls. throws him in a hat um yeah, but yeah 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 essentially um but nyquist for me um he's one of those guys where he, we could definitely see him um get over the 20 20 plus goal mark easily um especially if there is a move um and i do think if he if he can be a nice filler on some uh on on some lines of teams that we're kind of not really thinking too much about like i could definitely see him going out to vegas and as you mentioned jumping in the top six knocking someone like alex tuck out of there um, and I think this is one of the guys where you might be able to steal him a little bit lower than his, like his value might not hey, ever be. Hey, don't you say know. that. You don't oh, say that. Yeah. Well, you, you know what your GM does, but, um, this is where you, this is where you can take him. If you are, I, I would like to see a change of scenery for him. Um, I think it works for both teams. Detroit's got to just fully embrace the tank. Um, hopefully by like next week, although they're kind of there, but not quite yet. Wait till I get back. Do it all at the deadline. Don't make yeah. that, don't, don't make it that hard on D. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> And that'll make it easier on you, though. Then you don't have to write the write-up on bye-bye, Gus. Yeah, it's true. Gus yeah. Bus. Dude, uh, <laughs> Gus Nyquist, what do you think? I think he's a talented enough player, but he's definitely not about to break through uh, upon being traded to another team. Yeah, I agree with Beebs. He's already playing almost 18 minutes a night this year. Um, he definitely possesses some offense talent, could certainly help any team. Uh, a lot of scoring depth, some nice scoring depth for anyone that wants to add him. But yeah, again, there's no hidden value here. He's a good but not a great shooter, uh, subpar shot producer. He's been an above average playmaker before, but that's gone by the wayside this year. Maybe it gets reignited should he get moved again. Uh, but at this point, there's nothing exciting to me from a fantasy perspective about Nikos being moved. I'm definitely not rushing to the wire to pick him up. Sticking with the Red Wings uh, quickly, we're going to talk about Mike Green again. D, stay with you. Uh, yeah, I, I think Mike Green's a solid player who adds value to any blue line. But again, you know, it's 
I feel like a broken record on this show, but I really don't see his role growing on a new team. Uh, maybe I'm not thinking this through enough. Brock, can you think of any contending teams that come to mind that are in need of a top power play defenseman? Because I think that's the one way that Green's numbers could potentially go up at all. There's not a lot um, out there in terms of teams that really need a stud offensive defenseman. I mean, I talked right. about Washington last week. I don't know if they can really do it. Um, you know, maybe somebody like uh, like Minnesota is a team that comes to mind just because I yeah. think they could do, they could shore up that third uh, that third pairing. I think that's a team that makes the most sense. Um, maybe a team like Dallas, but we've seen kind of you know, they've been reluctant to really give Julius Honka the keys. Uh, so maybe uh, getting somebody like Mike Green, slapping him on that third pairing, maybe moving up to the second pairing and anchoring that uh, second power play unit behind Klingberg. Right. Um, but it's definitely like that, a step but... down from what he's looking at in Detroit right now. Absolutely. Like. And he still doesn't play as many like as much power play time as you'd like to see uh, because for some reason they continue to trot out Nick uh, Cromwell night in and night out. Um, if <laughs> right. I was coaching the um, team, uh, no. he would go out there and he would play the full two minutes of every single power play every single night. I'm not I'd play Green thirty minutes a night because there's no other, <laughs> you know, competent defenseman on that roster. No, <laughs> no, they're all terrible. Yeah, but I, I, no, I do agree, Brock, that even if he does um, end up in a situation where maybe he sneaks his way on to an efficient top power play unit, that it's going to come at the sacrifice of some even strength playing time. Um, so, you know, uh, it was nice to see him back around like a serviceable fantasy pace. You know, he's basically at a half point a game, which is super usable on the back end of most fantasy teams. Um, but that'll probably go out the window should he get traded, which is unfortunate. Yeah. I really can't add much more onto that. I think it's going to, yeah, <laughs> we're, gonna, we're uh, running out of time here. So we're going to skip Ian Cole and Jack yeah, Johnson. They're should. not that fantasy relevant. They'd probably Jack Johnson basically flat out asked for a trade. I'll talk about Ian Cole for five seconds. I don't okay. think he gets traded because I think the Penguins know who Chris Letang is. And yep. you know he can get injured every, at any given moment. Uh, and Ian Cole, what little value he possesses is all offensive upside. So he could potentially play on the power play if he does get injured. Fill any role like that. So I don't think Ian Cole gets traded. Boom. Love it. Um, Ryan McDonough. One year, $4.7 million left on that deal. Rangers, obvious sellers. Beebs, what do you think about Ryan McDonough potentially being dealt? Um, I think it's going to happen, for one. Um, and I think sure. uh, really anyone who does go for it is super smart. They're picking up a D-man who um, we've seen in years past in the playoffs eclipse over 30 minutes um, in a couple of those OT games. Um, I think one even like he was above 40 or something. Um, but he, he's a proven guy, um, and he's someone where he doesn't really hold much fantasy value, obviously, um, as we've seen over the years. He's one of those guys who actually, for some reason, always ends up on more rosters than I believe he should. Um, he's 81% owned right now, which is kind of ridiculous. Um, he has two goals, 24 assists on the season. Uh, if he does move anywhere, I don't expect his fantasy upside to go. Any, like I expect him to go down more than to the unowned range because um, he is going to fit in as more a role player than a number one defenseman if he does go to anyone this year. Um, as you mentioned, there's only one year left on his contract, so um, he's more than likely going to go to a contender. Um, so for me, McDonough um, goes down in value, but I would love to see him go somewhere and just you know put on those, those playoff boots and uh, become the warrior that he is in the playoffs that we see every year. Um, he's, he's a phenomenal defensive player, as, as we know, um, and it would be, it'd be cool to see him out and 
if Tampa can somehow swing something or, you know, someone like that. Um, as you Tampa's mentioned, it's just going to be so good. Yeah, that's all I expect is I'm just to, to you know, go crazy. Um, I, I could even expect, though, Washington to kind of make a move here. We saw him go for Kevin Shattenkirk last year. Um, obviously, it didn't work out quite well. Um, but maybe kind of pull the same the same type of move with McDonough this year. Um, I, I wouldn't be too surprised to see that. And, and you mentioned Dallas again. Dallas definitely could use some help on their back end. Um, this could kind of that could this could be a huge piece back there. And that is one place where his fantasy value could go up potentially. Probably. See, so, yeah, and then we kind of talked about this earlier. Now this is something all uh, you know different than a Mike Green, where it's more of a power play specialist. McDonough is a great def- uh, defenseman all around. Uh, yeah. What about Vegas? They're a team we talked about. You know, he would just run it there. Just shore up their blue line. He still has term. He could fit into the plants. He could play there next year. They see a bunch of defensemen walk out the door. They could re-sign him. Uh, if they're going to go for it, why not look to add a guy like McDonough? What do you think about it, D? I would actually believe in Vegas as a team if they had Ryan McDonough on the back end. Um, <laughs> or as a road team, I guess. Would, well, <laughs> I think it just comes down to do you buy into them on the road more than anything else. Um I will say I think McDonough's a lot less likely to go than a lot of guys on this list. Mm-hmm. Uh, one year on the contract, and I just think the price tag is going to be so steep um, that it's a lot more likely to happen. To a lot more likely to happen out of season when you have a lot more players who are uh, maybe convinced themselves that they have a shot at competing the next year. Um, but obviously, given the Rangers' fire sale, it's worth talking about. I agree with you, Brock. I think he's a great defenseman. He consistently turns out strong offensive numbers while taking on, you know, uh, the toughest matchups the team has to offer and the shittiest zone starts on top of it. Um, so I think he's a great talent. It just depends where he ends up. You'd have to imagine, again, similar to Pacioretty that we talked about earlier on the show, he's going to have a pretty hefty price tag. Anyone who's willing to pay it is doing so to get McDonough on the top pair. Um, we'll have to wait and see, but if he moves to a more competitive team, and maintains his usage, I can't see how it would be anything but good for his fantasy value. Yeah, I, I would love to see him get dealt. I hope he goes to Vegas. That'd be so unreal. They should just trade for him and Rick Nash. I mean, Rick Nash can kill penalties, too. Plug Rick Nash in on the third line. <laughs> Does Let's it all. Let's go. Let's go. Vegas all the way to the cup. Um, it. But before we just really dive in on the goaltending, we might as well just say that there are some names like Peter Morazic, Robin Lane, or Aaron Dell uh, that seem to be... Anti-Ranta? No one's talking about it, but I think Ranta's definitely out there. I can't imagine... Yeah, oh yeah, Anti-Ranta is de- for sure out there, and I think he'd probably be the best goalie to pick up at the deadline. Um, Morazic, yeah, we talked Lanner. about, he's really turned it uh, turned it around. I think... I, I'm still a believer in Robin Laner. I just think that that team is so piss poor that he just looks awful. Uh, he's an absolute just psychopath too, which is amazing. Uh, God, That's what you want a like that. You don't want someone who thinks straight. <laughs> no, you want him to just be an absolute nut job. Uh, and yeah, by sure. all by all uh, accounts, it looks like he is. But bef- we're not going to break down each goalie individually. Um, and besides the Islanders, who are the obvious candidates to add a goaltender because they just are so reluctant to do so. Um, do you guys think that there's any other teams out there that could be in, uh, you, you know, the hunt for a goaltender here at the deadline? Or D, sorry. No, I, I was just going to say, I, a lot of people aren't talking about Chicago because they look like they're out of it, but I don't think Chicago is willing to admit they're out of it. Um, so I still think Chicago could be a team that moves for a goalie. Uh, Long Island for sure, and then Philadelphia is the other big one. 
that really sticks out to me that's had below average goaltending, um, still in a playoff spot, I believe, right now, and a very competitive team despite their kind of horrible goaltending they've seen so far this year. So, I, and I do think if you know either of Mrazek or Lane are moved to um, one of those teams that they become a must-own fantasy option. Oh, yeah. Um, it's funny because, Brock, you said if we had anyone other than the Islanders, and my notes are literally, all I have is just in caps, is both should go to the Islanders. Um, <laughs> Lane so, and Mrazek become the so, new one-two punch. I, I really have nothing because um, that's really the only logical thing that should happen, and that's the only thing that should happen. Not both, but at least one of them. Like, come on. Like, if one of the, if the Islanders don't get a goalie and you're an Islanders fan, you should just, I don't, I don't know, you should do something. No, and we, but we, we talked also, about they're it in not that same totally being spot. on the goalies. Yeah. What'd you say? The Islanders? Oh, yeah, they are. They, but we talked about it last week, not being all on the goalies. And it was funny, I was writing up about Yaroslav Halak's start today. And, excuse me, he's posted a 919 save percentage in his last eight starts, mm-hmm. which isn't terrible. But over that span... He's faced an average of 40.13 shots per game. Like, they just give up just boatloads of shots every night, and these guys yeah. just can't stand on their heads. So it's not even so much their their goaltending. I mean, it is, for sure. Halak and Grice are not very good. But they've got to do something about that blue line, and we talked yeah, about the injury to Calvin DeHaan being a huge issue, but at the and same time... To be fair, an, an injury to Calvin DeHaan should not be a huge it issue. It should not be a huge issue, right. <laughs> I it shouldn't be this big of an issue. Exactly. No, he's a good defenseman, be. but he's not, uh, you know, the best defenseman. That's he, no, sure. he shouldn't be your top pair of defenseman. They've lost like Johnny Boychuk for a lot, of, a long time too. But again, not uh, somebody that should be really looked upon to carry your blue line. Right. Um, another team that kind of just fell into the mix, I think, today is Winnipeg. Um, Steve yeah. Mason has a concussion. Michael Hutchinson went down with a concussion today, so I think there is a little <laughs> bit of concern. Um, in Winnipeg, as far as maybe Hellebuck's backup, uh, because they're a team that you know they can't, they want him to be fresh. They're they're looking to win a cup this year. Bring um, back. So if those guys right. aren't going to be back soon. I mean, Eric Comrie uh, has a bright future ahead of him. Might not be what they want to do right now is have him sit on the bench. So they might be looking for a backup right now. Uh, maybe Laner and Mrazek don't really fall. You know, the asking price might be a little too high. Yeah, um, that's what I think too. To yeah. bring him in as a backup, but they might. So they might look to you know an organization. Uh, bring some, back Pavlik. With some, yeah, some better depth could be bring back Pavlik. Yeah, um, <laughs> they get Pavlik and Kane at the demo. <laughs> yeah, that'd be amazing. And then they win the cup. Uh, bring it full circle, uh, baby. But the interesting thing about both Mrazek and Laner is they're both RFAs at the end of the year, so their value uh, I think will be a little bit high, yeah. higher because of that. Um, you know, you control, still get to baby. retain their rights, which helps. Uh, you know, in terms of trading them at the deadline, but. Uh, do you guys have anything else to add before we, we move on? And uh, I guess moving on means talk to everybody in about two yeah. weeks. This is uh, a long break. No, I think we're good. I, yeah. I just think it'd be nice to see either of these guys, and especially Antti Ranta, get the chance to play for an actually uh, good team. But, um, you know, it's not like the Islanders are that big of a step of a defensive team against the Sab- from the Sabres. If anything, it's kind of a, a step down. Yeah, realistically, at this point, it's just like they are just... Yeah, but he could probably turn out some wins for them, at least. For sure. Man, like, he he has stepped up all year. Uh, oh, he's look great. And both of these guys have been above 920 in recent years. You know, right now, they're right around league average, which is... Um, it's really all that the team, like Philadelphia, New York, it's all those guys need as a league average goaltender. They just can't seem to find it. 
Yeah. And I just went to check Twitter. We didn't really get many questions today. Uh, players likely to be traded and likely teams they'll go to. Well, there you go. We already did that for the entire show. So you're welcome. That we, we, One we big took, Twitter question. Yeah, we took uh, your Twitter question, turned it into an entire hour plus long show but anyways uh that was season three episode 21 of the dfo podcast uh brought to you by mybookie.ag just a quick reminder if you follow the link through our twitter page or um go directly to dailyfaceup.com go to the podcast post uh and follow the link there you can sign up for mybookie.ag and they will match your first deposit up to 50 percent uh and you can just bet on pretty much anything you want but uh Mostly, yep. we're going to be here to help you bet on hockey, and you can bet on anything from the games to all sorts of different props, uh, you know, how many goals in the first period, in the third period, anything you want. You can also put money down on the upcoming Olympics, which would be exciting if you want to bet on Team Russia to take the gold medal. I think you can do that there as well. So anyway, sign up for mybookie.ag. They will match your first deposit up to 50%. I'm your host, Brock Segan. Uh, I will see you guys back here in a couple weeks. Dylan D. Berthium, good luck running daily face-off in my absence. Michael Beebs Bondi, if you feel like he's struggling, uh, maybe run to Brantford and bring him a coffee. Uh, yep. And that's I've been it. known to do that. That's my dog. It's been, a, it's it, been a good podcast, though. I just, get a nice uh, tan for me, Brock. I will. I'm going oh, yeah, to come back. Big voice. But, uh, maybe gain a couple pounds, you know? Maybe I'll try to yeah, eat mark. some food. I, I'm going to try. I'm going to stuff my face for sure. But, <laughs> Break uh, 140 bills for the first time. <laughs> I, want a, I want a donut in the middle of recording this podcast, so maybe I'll go stuff my face with uh, with some donuts tomorrow. So. Let's go. But uh, anyways, enjoy your guys' uh, next couple weeks. I will be back for a trade deadline post-game report uh, with much darker skin than I'm currently rocking. And, yes, hopefully a couple extra pounds and not too big of a hangover. Enjoy your guys' next couple weeks. We'll see you guys back here then. Peace. on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks italian leather jackets and so much more and the best part about quince they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe ethical and responsible manufacturing elevate your style without the elevated price tag with quince 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.